this week on the Magnificently Huge podcast. Great performances in bad films. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. You ever feel bad about an actor who did a great job in a movie that's actually complete shit? That's the the point of this week's show. The performances that were good in movies that didn't deserve to have these actors or actors who just sort of, sort of, sort of pulled a moment out of what is otherwise a garbage film. Um, We also have some fresh shit. Let's listen. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's a show. Well, hello. Hello. It is. Hello. We've had a long vacation, but we're back. Well-rested and ready for the funny. I'm Eric. As always. Yeah. Hi, Eric. I'm Brian. Hi, Brian and Eric. I'm Chris. And we're magnificently huge. Yay. All right. Yeah. We're the the best podcast nobody's ever listened to. Uh, That's my... Uh, We're definitely the podcast nobody's ever listened to. (laughs) <laughs> I don't hey, even listen to it. Uh, let's get right into it. We got plenty to do, yeah, right? right uh, I was going to say, sure. but you're listening to it, so you're special. Yeah. All right. True. Yeah, let's hit. We it. Love you. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Fresh shit. We, fresh, fresh, shit. Shit. we yeah. fresh shit. We do fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh shit! That is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. Okay. So last night saw everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, this movie is crazy. I'm I'm going this afternoon. I can't wait. So that's the name of the movie. That's not something you just did. No, everything, (laughs) everywhere, all at once is the name of the movie. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's difficult for me to tell you anything about it, except it's a a woman who discovers what's important in her life. Uh, But don't don't let that make you you know uh, not want to see it. It's Michelle Yeoh, By being Michelle Yeoh in several alternate dimensions, right? Yeah. It's kind of... uh, It's Rick and Morty meets Scott Pilgrim um, with touches of Matrix. (laughs) With Michelle Yeoh. Isn't uh, K.Hugh Kwan in it? Yes. Okay. Like, he hasn't been in anything for, like, 35 years since... He retired from acting, like, in 2002. Uh, mm. But he came back after Crazy Rich Asians came out, and he he found out, oh, there's actually parts for Asians now. So <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Uh, in the trailer, he sounds just like Short Round. As yeah. thirty years later, you're like he's 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 just got that delivery. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean that's like what that's his shtick, right? Okay. But well, it's his voice. Yeah. Well, is it more like but, is it more a uh, data or Short Round? Like, what would you say? Is there a distinction? What? Is there a distinction? <laughs> his character from the Goonies and his character from Indiana Jones. Oh, Goonies. Yeah, the Temple of Doom. Yeah. I like how Eric yeah. just drew a blank. Eric heard Data and he went to Star Trek, dummy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Even though we were talking yeah. about K.U. Kwan, who's only been in two movies, well, now three, I guess. So <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Eric. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Um, it was It was really funny. Um, it's... It, 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 it's it's an existentialist comedy, so that's always fun to see. And, and it's not a Marvel movie, even though the Russo brothers produced it. It's nice to see something different. Um, but again, nothing you're not used to if you don't if you watch Rick and Morty. Okay, uh, is it so? I'm guessing they've been, yeah. they've been benefiting from all of the money Disney has been putting into marketing multiverses between Spider-Man and yeah. um, Doctor Strange has stuck this one right in the middle there. Like, we're going to own multiverses before you guys get your crack, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the... I, Yeah, it seems like they're always looking for something like this, you know, <laughs> to make sense of things, to... Okay, now multiverse is the hip thing, and... Mm. It's like that annoys me, but this is at least an original film. 
Okay. So it sounds like you're being cagey because you don't want to spoil it. Right. Right. Okay. okay. So great. instead, I'll tell yeah. you the previews uh, were looked great. Uh, I I cannot wait for the Doctor Strange movie just because you know Sam Raimi. Um, right. Yeah. There's a new uh, uh, Jordan Peele horror movie. Uh, in in the preview nope. is black people on a a ranch and aliens are snatching up the horses and the sky is sucking things up and it's looking really scary and then they tell you the title of the movie nope and i just laugh my (laughs) ass off i mean he's a very particular flavor that jordan peele but uh i'm glad he's found his niche you know what i mean but all of his titles come from uh that eddie murphy stand-up routine about black people in horror movies yeah that's true Get out! Too bad we can't stay! You know. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. Good. Uh, yeah. Good. Um, Good time. So, yeah, I'm excited for these films, definitely. Uh, but I, the, I, surely there yeah. were more than two trailers, though. Aren't there like a hundred trailers before every movie these days? Let's see. There was one for a movie called Men that uh, was a woman, uh, a horror movie with a woman where every, every man she meets has the same face. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. I don't need to see that. Okay. <laughs> Not your and, target audience. Yeah, and, and a couple other movies that I don't offhand remember, but yeah. I'm sure they were great. Yeah, it's still. Um, I remember when we went, we did the Hurricane Heist review, and I I was like one of four people in the theater, and we did all the trailers, and it still strikes me as hilarious that someone put the Chappaquiddick movie trailer yeah. in front of hurricane heist it's like <laughs> i don't understand who programs these things but it's like they just slap them together oh i think they're they, in this they'll like it yeah they have the same they're both tagged with weather okay i guess i'll bet <laughs> okay yeah okay uh and played a video game called uh human fall down uh what's that about? human fall flat human 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 fall flat yes human fall flat yeah and you're basically like a little uh uh sort of beanie baby doll of with nondescript features who flails around a platform and uh you're always falling down and it's it's actually really smart it's it, it's a smart puzzle game and platformer uh i i enjoyed it but yeah, yeah. it belongs to a genre of games called fumble core where the controls are deliberately kind of kind of hard to work with and it's it's all based on a physics simulation <laughs> that's the genre yeah. fumble core yeah fumble core that's amazing um, i did not know a, that a term a term coined from a game called octodad in which you were an octopus pretending to be a human but um yeah human fall flat is yeah it's a lot of fun it's it's basically yeah chucking these little dudes around this world and and trying to get them from point a to point b and open puzzles and it's it's a yeah. good little puzzler Okay. And you have no idea what you're supposed to do. It's like the, 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 the puzzles are very intricate and the controls are very difficult, but you really need to fuck around for a while to go, oh, oh, I'm supposed to go in here and go in there and do that and do that thing. And there are a couple of puzzles where I pulled it off the first try and I'm like, oh, thank Christ, because if I had to do all of that stuff thinking about it, I, I, I would be here for hours. It's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the point of the game, though, right? There's there's all these difficult uh, uh, things in the game where you need to do all this shit so you can get over this wall. But I I figured out a way to like climb up the side of the wall using the janky control so I can yep. go around all that. And it, it's another thing I love about this game. <laughs> You're supposed to do all this stuff, and normally, uh, you know, evil game programmers, if you find a way, if you want to find a way around their idea of what you should do. They just block you off and say, no, do our thing. And it's, you know, it's very fascist. But this this game is like, if you can think of a way around it, go. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, that's totally the, the, the vibe. Yeah. Human yeah. fall Fun. flat. Okay. Yes. Human fall flat. That's what I got. Ask for it by name. All right. <laughs> I got, I, I got a, I've got a thematically linked bit, couple of things in, um, in my fresh shit this week. Oh, teacher's pet. Come on now. Well, it just happened to be that these two things I watched were very thematically linked. Okay. Um, so, I got to tell you, uh, this might even be worth subscribing to Apple TV Plus for a, a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Severance. I hear it's good. Um, I hear it's good. It's 
really good. Um, Severance is a show, it is directed by Ben Stiller, though you wouldn't know it from the tone at all. Um, it stars Adam Scott, John Turturro, Christopher Walken, Patricia Arquette, and the sister from Man Seeking Woman, uh, Britt, I can't remember her last name. Anyway, um, the conceit is it's a guy who works at a place um, where the they've come up with a technology where they implant a chip in your brain, and when you go down the elevator to the work floor, you have no no memories whatsoever of your non-work life, and yeah. your non-work self has no memories whatsoever or of your work life. And so you're essentially two different people. And, um, you know, and it gets into like the way the rest of society might react to that sort of thing going down. And there's mysteries and it is beautifully, beautifully shot and production designed. This thing is visually striking the, you know, the, uh, the interior of this office is this brutalist architecture it has these endless hallways. The 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 cubicles don't make sense. Like the room is way too big for the cubicles. It's just everything is just off putting and wrong. And and they do these really really well composed shots throughout. It's just it's just super uncomfortable. Lots of awkward stillness. <laughs> um, Adam Scott. So- it's a dramatic. Go ahead. So, okay, so Adam Scott's character then is basically two characters, one who never has to work and the other who can never escape work? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And the one who who doesn't... (laughs) Well, the one who doesn't have to work did it because his wife died, and he's like, this is how I'm dealing with my pain. I just want to not be awake for eight hours of the day. I just want to, like, you know, just have my downtime at night and then turn my brain off, literally, and that's why he did it. But then the work um, one is like, how the hell did I get here? I now exist as a cog. Yes, the work people are are ra- are wrestling with the reality that literally all they do is work. <laughs> <laughs> they never sleep. They never do anything. They just work, and their and their work isn't even like sensical. They're like staring at these screens full of swimming numbers and trying to hunt for the numbers that make them frightened. And then get rid of those, and they're and they're starting to question, what does this do exactly? What are we doing? And they all have <laughs> this inner office like relationships. And there's this there's this one character, the Brit. Damn, I wish I could remember her last name. Um, she is to some degree our audience POV character. She's not our protagonist, but she's this person who her her Audi. They call them innies and Audis. Her Audi person not at work was all for it. Yeah, I want to do the thing. And, you know, they're showing her videos of, here's you saying, yeah, this is great. Let's do it. And she hates it. She wants out. She wants out so bad. And then there's right. just all these layers of control. <laughs> like, there's there's technology that can detect letters or symbols in the elevator. And so even if you try to, like, write something down and swallow it, they'll notice and then they'll extract it from your body. Like, it's fucked up. <laughs> doesn't sound too uh, far off from real life your description so yeah it's it's got real brazil vibes um it's yeah it's damn good i love it. and john tuturo is playing this understated guy who's like a stickler for the rules at the office but but he's he's very polite about it but he has opinions you know okay it's, yeah i i really recommend severance uh Loving it so far. I'm about three episodes in, and there's only eight episodes. I just, Chris, I do you remember fact- in Neuromancer there was the uh, uh, the female main character, the one who's like the the bodyguard, yeah. the muscle, and the thing. Uh-huh. And her day job used to be being a prostitute, but she had a chip in her head so that she wouldn't know what was going on. She would just right. it was the exact same thing. And I remember at that time going, "Boy, what a great idea." well that's why people invented video games right you can just turn off for eight hours or whatever but then well i want to i want to i want to turn off during work you know (laughs) i want to not be there you don't already okay that's interesting okay (laughs) no i'm a very good employee well i work very hard for the man you're a terrible friend 
I guess is the <laughs> equilibrium. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, no so my other thing that uh, is also about a character who basically blacks out and doesn't remember good chunks of their existence is Moon Knight. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, have you guys been watching Moon Knight? Yeah. Fuck the, no. The first two episodes have dropped, and uh, I'm still intrigued to keep watching. All I will say is I did not expect by the second episode that they were going to lean so heavily into the mask. That's what it feels like. It's so weird. Boy, yeah, I mean, tonally not at all, but okay. The mask? <laughs> no, but yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like the the, the superhero entity takes over and then it like becomes yeah. this weird dichotomy oh. kind of thing where you've got the, the schlub who becomes the hero and is only vaguely aware of what's going on, that kind of thing. It's Yeah, it's all very strange. <laughs> so... So here's the thing about Moon Knight. I think it might be the best of the Disney Plus Marvel shows to date. Yes. And the reason is that they're making no attempt whatsoever to either assume you know who these characters are yeah. or connect it to the MCU. Yeah. It's just a show about Moon Knight. They've oh, fuck all with continuity, which is amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, And Oscar Isaac is just killing it. It's it's. It's better lit. It's better shot. It's better acted. Um, they're really, although like raising the bar on this one, I think. Although, is it just me or is Ethan Hawke just looks super old now? It's like creepy. <laughs> Hawk, super old. Yeah. He looks like it's, he's like seventy. It's crazy. It's like that's a hard life, bro. That's a hard life. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the next uh, Richard Linklater film he's going to make is going to be called Before Embalming. Yeah, really. But, um, <laughs> Um, no, uh, yeah, but but he's good. You know, he's playing this very sort of soft-spoken, menace, charismatic guy. Yeah, but but really, it's it's Oscar Isaac playing the multiple personalities of his character, playing off of the voice of F. Murray Abraham. Surrender the body. The, that's like literally his only the line. Egyptian god that's that's possessing him. Yeah. Basically. Oh, not oh. this doofus again! <laughs> it's like him just bemoaning everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's funny. But yeah, when and, I when I found out it was uh, F. Murray Abraham, then all I could think of was Salieri from Amadeus, and now that's like the other subconscious link that I've got going on. It's just, yeah. It's but funny. the way they make the first episode, it's all from the POV of one of the personalities, so there's like these, just this moment where like the bad guys are circling him, and he doesn't know what the hell is going on, he's freaking out, and then like stutter cut, and then he's standing in a in a pile of dead guys. Yeah, in, <laughs> with his like, bloody, what did I just with do? With a bloody fist, yeah. <laughs> And it, yeah, so the, um, the the chase sequence at the at like the end of the third act or whatever, yeah, is that's fun because he's in an ice cream truck being chased by the baddies through like the Swiss Alps or something. He has no idea how he's gotten there, and then every time they get close, the camera fluckers, blah, 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 and then he wakes up, and then there's like a, just a stream of dead bodies all strewn out behind him, <laughs> and they're still like, "What the hell is going on?" And then they come out close again. He's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And then suddenly he like blinks and flickers, and then he's back, and everybody's dead again. <laughs> it's, actually quite, it's actually quite fun. Okay, yeah. this yeah. sounds fun. I may yeah. be in. Yeah. yeah, i i would I would give at least the first episode a, a chance, Eric. Uh, it's surprising me uh so so yeah characters who who don't remember part of their lives two good shows and i'm watching them both mm-hmm. <laughs> i sense a theme are you okay brian do you need to talk uh, what just happened i don't know <laughs> what? Like, what 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 <laughs> uh, all right chris what do you got uh well i do have a few things i don't know if they're any good or not but we'll find out uh so first i because we've been lagging in our time frames between shows, so we've had a lot of time in between. So I actually oh, yeah, I got so much fresh shit. <laughs> yeah. So I actually uh, did watch the complete uh, "Our Flag Means Death" on HBO, which is the oh, yeah, which is the Taika Waititi Reese Darby uh, pirate comedy thing, uh, and it's that's Chef's Kiss. That's all I can say. It's just so super dry in its humor. Because it you know, takes a couple episodes to yeah, get into it, yeah. really. I like uh, basically, it's about Steed Bonnet, played by Reese Darby, who's a gentrified Englishman from Barbados in like the. This is a real guy, yeah, by the way. 17th this- century, yeah. And he just decides that he's fed up with the good life and he uh, absconds for a life of piracy. 
but he's a gentleman pirate. So he pays his crew a living wage. Uh, he's nice to them, etc. cetera. Uh, he just doesn't fit in because he has no clue what he's doing. And then he ends up meeting Blackbeard, played by Taika Waititi in this. And they develop this weird bromance uh, and just kind of go from there. And it's just, I was totally unprepared for the character dynamic. Because I thought it was just going to be like a pirate romp. But it actually gets mm-hmm. into some very uh, layered portrayals of broken men who basically find each other and sort of befriend someone who should not be their friend yet become very close. And it's like yeah, sort it's of almost a, not about pirates at all. No, no. Like that's almost <laughs> secondary because the crew is just ridiculous. They're populated with just a whole slew of actors that just nail it. Uh, but again, it's just very dry, dry, dry humor. Uh, because that's just YTD's sensibility, I think. Uh, and it's just so funny. But, like, the Blackbeard in this one he plays is totally off his rocker, but he's dressed like uh, Max Rockatansky from Road Warrior. That's literally his <laughs> outfit. And it's very straight because they don't ever mention it, obviously, because it's a pirate thing. But when you watch it, you, like, start making that some conscious connection. You're like, oh, shit. It's like, are they? is that on purpose? I think it's on purpose. Is it really on purpose? <laughs> Uh, so it's just little shit like that and it's so funny uh so definitely one of the the best shows i've seen in quite a while because it's it's only like 10 episodes long this season uh but it just nails everything about spoofery because it it takes pokes at the whole idea of a pirate motif uh and just sort of does an end run around it so it's just it is but it isn't it's so fun uh so i highly agree <laughs> Highly recommended. Chris, have you seen what the next TV show uh, Taika Waititi is doing is? No. Time Bandits. Oh, they're doing a Time Bandit show. Hey. Wow. They, they're letting Taika Waititi do Time Bandits. I'd be down yeah. for that. I'd be down for that. That could be great. Yeah. He's, he's got a good sensibility. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's a little bit crazy anyway. So, uh, I enjoy mm-hmm. that. But, uh, but yeah, if you, if you like fun, uh, but don't really want it like to be telegraphed humor this is definitely the show for you it's so fun uh which kind of put me off of uh peacemaker a little bit because i did finish that as well and i know you guys loved it and i was just sort of meh i mean it just sort of huh it didn't really do it for me i'm i'm curious like what what was it that that sort of kept you at a distance from it were you just not uh, into the like broy 80s rock dude yeah humor, it just or yeah what? to me it was just james gunn sort of he already did that in the movie super that he did like 10 or 12 years ago or whatever with rain wilson about the broken mm-hmm. man who's becomes a vigilante for justice right uh, i always think of super when i uh watch one of james gunn's yeah superhero movies yeah, yeah. it's it's it sort was, of like his template movie yeah it was his dark man if right. if you know you want to like compare him to Raimi with sure. the yeah. pre-hero okay. movie movie, uh, so it was just too many shades of that, and I and I guess the only reason he could get away with it is because let's face it, most people who are not James Gunn fans will not know what Super is, and so I think he gets a pass on that. But it just it was just, yeah just a little too bombastic for my taste. It very very much in fitting with Suicide Squad. Uh, that is sort of it's not follows. subtle. It's not subtle at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody raved about the opening title sequence, which you know it's fun the first time, eh. but by the tenth episode, when you've seen it again and you and you forgot to hit skip intro, it's just tiresome. See, it's it's funny because he was talking about that in the press, and he's like, "We we did this because we don't want people to hit skip skip yeah. intro." And then they just and if they want to do that, they need to do something different each time, each time, yeah. or at least a couple of shots that are unique to each episode. And yeah, I wish they'd have gone there, but they did not. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it was passable. I just thought it was funny that they jumped the gun on Marvel doing the whole secret war thing by doing a secret war thing uh, mm-hmm. with the the aliens infiltrating. La 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 la. I mean, it's just, it was okay. And then they do like the whole subplot with the the Nazi white supremacist knuckleheads that was kind of fun to watch because they're played off as just knucklehead, jackass, dumbass 
I love yeah. the scene where uh, Vigilante, okay, Vigilante was a creeper. Like, at the first, yeah. I didn't like him at all. And by the midpoint of the show, specifically the episode where he deliberately gets himself incarcerated just so he can egg on the knuckleheads. Yeah. And get attacked in jail. It's just, dumb. Uh, it's just psychotic yeah. as hell, but it was so fun. Freddie Stroma does a pretty good job. I mean, he's he's definitely the standout in this thing, uh, and he's an English actor. Like, if you don't remember, he he was Victor McCloggan in the Harry Potter movies, in like Half Blood Prince or what? whatever it is. When uh, yeah, the the creeper who was uh, trying to date Hermione uh, in like the in Slughorn's little uh, coterie of students, and he was just a, a just a creeping jackass that's uh, freddie stroma i did not know and he does oh, wow. and he does an american accent for the entire show of peacemaker and apparently he just did it for the entire shoot whether he was on camera or not just so he could maintain it <laughs> so yeah, when you hear him sense. talk in his real real accent it's just like what the that's crazy so, you know that 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 uh clip of uh christian bale who's screaming at the guy on the terminator set for yeah. getting in the way of his key light He's doing that all in an American accent. I think it's you know yeah. something they do because if to. they don't break out, yeah, if they do break out of it, they have to work to get back into it. So yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, overall, it was okay, but it just didn't floor me. I think it's just the the DC thing. I just I'm I, I'm not on board wholly with that side of things because they've done such a botched job, and so trying to goose it with something like this. It seems like a good idea, but it just falls short for me. I don't know. I, I just like the idea of Guardians of the Galaxy with more swearing, more blood, and and more nudity. Like <laughs> that's basically where we are with yeah. Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, and I'm yeah. I'm there for it. I mean, that's great. I get, get it. it. <laughs> I get it. I just as as a character Peacemaker, I just don't enjoy, and that's probably the biggest downfall. It's just I don't. I just don't mm-hmm. care whether mm-hmm. this guy redeems himself or not because he's yeah. just he's a bro. Dude. That's just, true. I didn't head. care about that. Which was also, I think. Part of our initial review was that this shouldn't have a season two. It yeah. should just, you know, yeah, tie him yeah. up, have him learn his lesson, and then move on to some other member of the Suicide Squad that's yeah. fucked up. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. yep. So I, don't know. I won't stop till we get the King Shark show. But <laughs> 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 Although I want, I want the cartoon version of King Shark, not the Suicide Squad yeah. version of King yeah. Yeah. Shark. Yeah, at least at least get Ron Funches to do the voice because he's the best. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, those those are really the two things that have been occupying my my viewing time. Uh, but I will just end with uh, this is the week that the band Wet Leg finally released their album that everybody was anticipating. And uh, if you remember a few shows back, I raved about finding them just randomly and loving it way more than I probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album is worth all of the hype. I will just say that it is fucking great. So. Give me a track that wasn't uh, one of the early, early released ones that that's on the album that that we want to highlight. Uh, let's see. Your mom is good, uh, but Angelica was one that kind of came out just before the album was released, and that's literally about someone pushing thirty who gets tired of having to go to parties all the time and is just complaining incessantly about it. And it's like I don't want to be here. I was told that there would be free beer. And just lamenting the fact that they're having to go to these stupid functions, and then I don't, it's either a daydream or it actually happens. But someone shows up with like a ray gun and just immolates everybody at the party, and they're totally cool with it. So it's just really goofy. <laughs> and, and now there's free beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That sounds like me. That's yeah. that's that's me. Yeah. yeah. I was always this, like, oh god, no. Dude, this band has uh. just literally got uh, us written all over it as far as just the total attitude towards stuff. It's just this like really <laughs> detached like fuck everything, you know, but they do it with such, you know, enthusiastic goofy winky fun. Uh but it definitely uh invokes like early breeders uh and stuff like that so it's it's very hooky yeah. and the the songs are just 
you know, they're fun. It's just, it's, it's nice to see an album that comes out where its whole purpose is just to inject some fun into existence and there's no other agenda. And this one job well done. So the, the album is out. It's called Wet Leg from the band Wet Leg. And they are called Wet Leg because they thought it was the dumbest thing they could think of. Because they're like, Let's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to take yourself seriously when you're in a band called Wet Leg. And so that's a way for them to keep their egos in check. And I wholly appreciate their Because it does sound like they pissed themselves. Well, uh, yeah, they're just like, well, they wanted to do a, 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 a name that they could just spell out with basic emojis. And they just settled on Wet Leg. And then kind of went from there. Uh, so, yeah, they they have a whole slew. Of, it's like 12 songs, uh, many which had already come out in the viral releases. Uh, but the whole song, the whole album from start to top, from start to finish is, is fun. And it's only like 36 minutes long. So it never wears out its welcome. Check it out. Yeah. Wet Leg. Your, your album of the week. I am Magnificent Huge Podcast. I'm, I'm done. This week, we're discussing great performances, shit films. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was thinking about how there are a lot of moments in films I love, but I don't like the, the final product, you know? And right. and it seems unfortunate. It's like oh, there there are a lot of great actors who do a lot of great work, and you're just not going to see it because you probably shouldn't go see it. Patrick Wilson really suffers from this because oh. he's he's a really fun, capable actor. Mm-hmm. If you watch season one, two, two of Fargo, you can see he's he's fucking brilliant. But then he does movies like Moonfall, where you're like, why? What are you doing? Well, what are you? Who is your agent? Or, uh, and why does he hate you? Or, well, yeah. I mean, anything recently. I don't think the, the last thing I saw him do that I actually enjoyed his performance was probably Watchmen. Uh, and then Ooh, after that, was that, years ago. Yeah. And after that, he did like he was the bad guy in the A team and stuff like that. It's just, what do yeah. you, yeah. Who is your agent? I agree. Yeah. Watch <laughs> what, but seriously, watch Fargo. It's, it is just I such a pleasure. I, I look at him and I can't think of his name. I look at him and I think he's Ian Zierning from Sharknado. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's who he looks he's like. He's just to got me. that face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 so yeah. So I decided let's let's bring this together and think of really great performances in really bad films. Uh, and, and I asked each of you to come up with something if you dude, could. Dude, you have no idea how hard this topic was for me. <laughs> I am I was so hard pressed to start coming up because basically if it's a bad movie, uh it kind of just goes into the ether in my subconscious and I don't really think on it as much. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I lo- I watch movies and there're certain bad ones that I enjoy, but I couldn't really think of any standout performance cuz most of those are just the whole movie not just a single well, performance so it was really the trick hard. is you have to reach the th- you can't reach the threshold where the good actor giving a good performance takes over rescues yeah. the movie yeah well, here, <laughs> right? so let me see if i can uh meet your criteria on this then eric because the uh-huh. the initial one that i thought of was uh kate mckinnon as holtzman in the ghostbusters remake yes oh, yes nice good yes. pull uh because okay. she is literally the only thing that makes that movie enjoyable at all like i I try to watch it it'd be on tv or whatever and i'll make it through like her initial scenes and then you get to the alley where she's testing the equipment uh and then i kind of just fall off so (laughs) it's just strange but yeah without her there's no there's no movie like you get to the where they're capturing the the ghost in the rock concert and she's on stage like smashing guitars and doing all the goofy shit i'm like she gets it like she's yeah. the only one is in the movie that knows what movie she's in. The rest of them are just sort of like <laughs> trying to do something else, and I just it irritates me. So I, I mean, I think Kristen Wiig is fine in that movie. But the other two are missed opportunities, especially um, McCartney, McCarthy. Uh, Melissa McCartney, yeah. just McCarthy. She just she should be funnier than she is in this. Well, movie. they should yeah, have I, written a fucking screenplay instead of having them improv exactly. the whole thing on set. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yes, which is maybe why McKinnon stands out because she's the only one that's probably the most solid improviser. But you know, yeah, uh, 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 
Yeah, but no, I, I agree <laughs> okay, completely. Okay, yeah, that okay. totally works. Nailed it. Okay, carry on then. I feel vindicated. <sighs> Thank you for validating All right. me. <laughs> I want to get mine out of my out of the way because it's obvious and it's low hanging fruit. Uh huh. Um, but I mean, Adam Driver in the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I remember actor, watching that great... and just that movie going, oh my fuck, what am I doing here? I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. And yeah. then he has that one moment with the lightsaber where he does that, what do you want? You know, it's like a very Han yeah. Solo moment. And I, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, yeah. agreed. I mean, he, he is, you know, in retrospect, he is the main reason to to watch any of those, those uh, last three Star Wars films. Yeah. And he's he's supposed to be the bad guy, but he's like the most interesting character by a lot. Um, yeah, he, he had a piece of shit movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would agree. I would totally agree. Yeah, his character had, I think, the the sanest uh, direction forward for the the movies if they hadn't pissed like directly into Ryan Johnson's face. But it was he was the one who was saying, "Let's just you know forget." You know, the, the, this this whole thing has nothing to do with you. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my wife and I joke about those movies uh, and we call them Emo Vader. Like anytime one of them shows up, because that's kind of when it's when the first one came out. That was sort of the vibe. It's like he's just the sulky little goofball child. Uh, but over the course of the three movies, he kind of grew into his own. And he literally is the only reason that you wouldn't watch because every other like they drop Finn like a hot potato. Like his storyline yeah. just goes away. Uh, Ray is just, ah, we've already discussed that in other episodes. Yeah. So yeah, he, he becomes the only thing that's sort of the reason that you watch any of them. So yeah, I, I highly agree on that one, Ryan. Yeah. Thumbs up. Good job. He elevates the material. That is really, yes. yeah. <clears throat> he transcends the material. The material does not come with him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll force choke your ass if you say otherwise. So. <laughs> Eric, what? Give us. Give us. Okay. <clears throat> well. Okay. My runner-up idea was, and you, I, 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 yes, I have to bring Star Trek into everything. Um, mm -hmm. So Star Trek Five is one of the worst Star Trek films, easily. Like agree, it's agree. Wor it's worse than most episodes of the original series, season three, where they had no budget mm. and were really kind of creatively bankrupted. But hey. so <laughs> Star Trek Five is the one where they fly to the center of the galaxy to find God, and uh, yeah, yeah, they. It, it's just yeah. It's to, the one to, William to Shatner, Sean Connery. I mean, Shaka. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, the one yeah. where that William yeah. Shatner wrote and directed, which should tell you enough. It's it's worth watching, almost like a a Corman film, to see like how much of it is wrong. But <laughs> this this is why favored nation clauses and movie star contracts are not a great plan. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, anyway, and, well, who said he could write it? That's the other thing. It's like why why let him write it? <clears throat> but anyway, he's got that whole book, a series of books called Tech War. I mean, at some point, Shatner just started believing his own press, and then yeah. came something else. But yeah, Star yeah. Trek Five. <laughs> but who in Star Trek Five? Uh, DeForest Kelly has a scene really? where his okay. father dies, and it mm -hmm. it works. It, it, and you go, man, DeForest Kelly is really working. I mean, he is making this moment in this film, this very poignant character moment where he's reliving the death of his father, it's really well done. And for like just a moment, I'm like, I'm on board. And then it goes into Spock's <laughs> past, and I'm like, no, no, fuck this film, fuck this film. But yeah, wow, DeForest <laughs> Kelly, it's, it's almost like he was always there in the background, ready to be awesome, and just never had a shot. Yeah. Damn your green awesome. fucking blood. That's really... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can't have actual racism on Star Trek, so I'm going to make fun of the one uh, group of people that can't write us letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't cancel something that's fake. Let's yeah, but that was, that was like, I thought, an unfair choice, because like I say, it's only a couple of minutes in the film. Uh, yeah. What's, who, who gives a longer performance in an otherwise craptastic film? Uh -huh. Javier Bardem in Skyfall. 
Skyfall is hmm. arguably like among the worst Bond films it until is Spectre. Not. It is until not. Spectre. I totally Spectre managed to be know. worse. I hated it. Oh god, no, it does Skyfall, all the things Skyfall wrong. Skyfall is the second best Daniel Craig movie yes. in my which, take. No, I know that which you prefer. I know you prefer Quantum of Solace, but you just the I problem just can't with it. You there. Yeah. It's not a Bond film. It's it's None another of one are. of these. It's another one of these uh, uh, actioners where the bad guy gets caught on purpose and has a revenge scheme. Oh, Bond was true. never that's about true. a revenge scheme. It was that's never true. any of that. It's it's yeah. like a, a guy trying to achieve something that gets him cash. It's like the original impetus from uh, Die Hard. Yeah. I'm not a terrorist. I'm a thief. But we could literally do an entire show about the Craig years and about how they aren't really Bond films. But okay, book it, yeah. book it, because that's yeah. a good show idea. But okay, but seriously, <laughs> uh, out of the 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 Craig Bonds, Skyfall is definitely not at the bottom. It is near the top. Ah, uh, yeah, no, 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 it's not. I'm sorry, it's a shitty, <laughs> awful film. I hate uh, that film. I think yeah, you're overruled in this episode. But it, that's fine. it is the beginning of the whole. Hey, I know everything should be super personal and tied to yeah. Bond directly. Yeah problem with the rest of the craig years yeah but anyway uh, I, I, all right so we can argue the merits of skyfall but we i think we can agree that javier bardem again is one of the somewhere best above the rest of yeah the he's content. one of the best bond film <laughs> villains i think agree yeah you know, it, it's hard to find it, somebody who does a better job with that that material well i will i will tie it in then because uh the other surprising bond villain in an otherwise just deplorable bond movie is christopher walken as zorin there you go <laughs> it's the same and it's like so do they have to just have weird blonde hair to be a, a good villain in a bond flick uh so well he yeah. was grown from nazis so yeah, i think they yeah, wanted yeah. to include the whole uh, um aryan race thing yeah but that that at least is an actual bond film yeah, it's got it's got an, a, a a a huge um, crime or you know dastardly thing that mm -hmm. he needs to stop. It's got huge set pieces. It makes no sense. No, if only and it uh, ends. Yeah. <laughs> if only Roger Moore weren't like you know fifty something and got winded just uh, like walking across the scene. I mean, it's like that's my big yeah. problem with with View to a Kill. But yeah, I remember but, reading some review that was like. Halfway through this film, I was sure Tanya Roberts was actually a robot. You know, that was sent to kill him. Because no one can more like a hostage yeah. in that movie. Than... Yeah. Because yeah, really. she's so plastic through the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but well, how would you rate this? Because Javier Bardem has got a really weirdly uh, unstructured career. Like some movies are really good and some are not. And so it's where yeah. would you rate this into something like his villainous turn in, say, No Country for Old Men? Do you think that's a similar? I, I don't know. I mean, that one is a lot more layered. That yeah. one has a lot more, you know, like just going on. Right. But I am really just, he is just such an interesting actor. I, everything he's in, I'm like, man, he is working. He, he was in that uh, uh, Ricky and Lucy yeah. thing. Uh, that Aaron, Aaron Sorkin Aaron did, Sorkin. yeah, and it's like he's not Ricky Ricardo, you know. Ricky Ricardo was uh, cute, you know. He was he was good looking in a sort of cute way. Javier Bardem is attractive, but in a I'll beat the shit out of everyone in this bar way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he he may, yeah again. Eric he is has just a so, type, folks. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So. he's so fun <laughs> exactly. to watch. Um, yeah, but. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's it's almost unfair to, <laughs> to compare him to other Bond villains yeah. because he's not a character actor. He's well, you know, an actor actor. Well, to to take this one step further, because it's like Brian was referring to a low hanging fruit, and so you could literally find most action movies, and the villain is the best thing about them. So yeah. that almost seems like a cheat uh, to come up with. Example well, after example, but is that a like that. is that a script thing or is that an actor thing? Well, but that's right? just it. Not every villain is actually that good. But if you give the part to the right actor, like Dennis Hopper in Speed, like that's just a stock crazy villain character. But he's got such a manic energy as Dennis Hopper that you kind of buy it. You know what I mean? So it's tough to yeah, think, but that's though. not acting. That's playing Dennis Hopper. No, but that's it's tough to think. 
but it's tough to think of like a movie like that where the movie is bad i guess it's like right. the movie like, is usually well, bad of the lambs is and like the screaming to come up yeah but yeah. but it's a great movie well i will say that with like just an iconic villain turn well i will say uh raul julia in street fighter he's the only one that understands what movie he's in <laughs> that that was on my short list. Yeah, was was that? Of <laughs> That's course, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, um, yeah. It, Raul Julia, you know, also at the end of life, right? It's literally the last movie he was in. Yeah, was the Street Fighter movie, which is uh, too bad. Um, but but yeah, he did it for I, his kids or his grandkids. I'm not even sure. And yeah, he just decides to be a giant ham. Yeah, and and, it and works. let it, it works. let loose. Yeah, well. I will tell you that, like, I was, I struggled, and mostly because I boxed myself in, and I'm like, I'm not going to pick a bunch of villains because that's just too easy. Uh, too easy. <laughs> so, so curse you for that, Eric. So I thought, and I thought, and then it, it just dawned on me, uh, drawing all the way back from my childhood, that uh, if you watch a Don Knotts movie, uh, you are not watching it for anything other than Don Knotts, and he, like, he's the reason that I would watch. Ghost and Mr. Chicken or Shake His Gun in the West so, or any of that stuff. So Don Knotts would be the best performance in any shitty movie that he's ever I, been I, in. Ironically, I think the only reason I've ever watched a Don Knotts movie was because Tim Conway would have been in it. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Which, well, that you, you, you're lacking there, though, because if you just get Don Knotts on his own, like pulling the weird Barney fight bullshit, like the universal comedies from the 60s, I mean, it's literally he's the only reason that you would watch those things. Because he gets the bug eyes and he's doing the karate chops and he's like, he's Don, he's literally just Don Knotts and they've just maneuvered him into some other situation. It's like, oh, you're a wannabe reporter. We're going to make you sleep in a haunted house. Or you're a janitor who wants to be an astronaut. We're going to shoot you into space. Or you're a dentist who becomes a gunfighter who can't shoot. I mean, it's like, so, you know. So again, though, is this, it's kind of like Dennis Hopper or like the Kevin Costner. Is that acting or is that character? Are we talking about great characters? Or are we talking about great performances? Or are we talking I'm, about great acting? I'm talking about just specifically great performances because Don Knotts, okay. you get Don Knotts in whatever Don Knotts is in. And it's astonishing how consistent that is through everything from Andy Griffith through his 60s movies through the Disney Drek of the 70s, even into Ralph Furley from Three's Company, you are getting Don Knotts, and it's just a different situation. And I just, I don't know why that. Well, it's like an Elvis movie. Yeah, basically. Hey, Elvis, we're going to win this race. I mean, it's literally, it's like, that's all you get. He's always, he's always a good natured guy who can play a guitar, and uh, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's he's also really good at whatever you know, like car racing or or yeah, baking clams or tu- yeah, tour guiding uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, so to me, Don Knotts is the pinnacle of just he's the only watchable thing in an otherwise just terrible, terrible movie. And I think that's just that stems directly from my childhood, but I will stick to that uh, to my dying day. Suck it. Yeah. So. The other one that, like, I did a little bit of Googling to try to get some some suggestions from the internet. <laughs> what did you? What was your search parameter? One, I'm curious because um, I tried to and didn't come up with anything. Great, great actors in bad movies, right? Yeah. Um, oh, okay, and, yeah, you did the same. And one that shows up on like every list, and yeah, okay, I I can see the point. Is Martin Freeman in the Hobbit movies? <laughs> Bilbo. <laughs> I think Lee Pace does a pretty good job as the jackass elf king. He's kind of he fun does, to watch. And I mean, I'll give Martin Freeman this, right? Like, he's literally up against Ian Holm playing the same character at at, at least in times in the Lord of the Rings movies yeah. at the same age. Yeah. Um, and it fits. Like they they do the handoff between the actors within the same general series. Yeah. Adequately. But my God, why is there three Hobbit movies and why are they all fourteen hours? <laughs> I get long? a reason. For I get the tired. Fuck? I get tired though of watching Martin Freeman play the British guy in a situation. Going, um, what's going on here? He does it like in almost everything. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. uh, excuse what? Uh, excuse me, what? Yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's I. That's why I liked him so much in Black Panther. Is he wasn't that for once. You know, yeah. right, right. <laughs> he was actually kind of menacing. You know what? The the more I think about the casting in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie has has aged very, very well. Um, but anyway, he was yeah. he was Arthur Dent in that. 
Um, I, well, yeah, and an interesting choice to do. Uh, what's his face as a? Uh, oh Christ! Sam Zaf- Rockwell did Zaf- Zaf- Zafod. Zaf- yeah, 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 yeah. And did Marvin and and it was Sam Rockwell at the height of his Sam Rockwellness when yes. he would just show up and be fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it threw a lot of people off on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. In retrospect, that's a better cast than I thought it was. But anyway, yeah. but even, all right. But so we're, we're kind of saying Martin Freeman, maybe not so much because he's just doing the Martin Freeman thing. Yeah, again, Bilbo. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, okay. Like if you wanted, if you want to bag on the Hobbit f- for being terrible but having a good performance, the the guy that played Thorn Oakenshield is actually really good in it because that he, you know what? Yeah, okay, because he gets. A, a, a fair art you know he wants to get his people back to their mountain uh it's all fucked up because the dragon's in there they rid it of the dragon and then suddenly like everybody shows up to take it by force and he's gotta you know do his thing and it's just it's a good i mean that's not really in is it a book. performance or is it the script i th- it's his performance because the character itself is just done as the surly like william wallace type of a deal but right. he he puts enough of a soft edge on it to where you can kind of see that he's a broken man who just wants to make good. That's the okay. only reason that I would watch any of the Hobbit movies now. Has, has any fan edit tried to cut that thing down to a single movie and make it actually <laughs> roughly the length and the tone of the book? Uh, I mean, then you get Ralph Bakshi's version. I mean, that's that's well, no. I mean, it. like take the Peter Jackson like indulgences mm-hmm. and. See if you can actually make the Hobbit out of them. Yeah. No, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, yeah. okay. So I think we've yeah run that one into the ground. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm out, I'm out of list. So yeah. what you got, Eric? Yeah. Did you have any more, Eric? Or would you just uh, need to do a show about Javier Bardem? That was my favorite. I just I just had like a couple of ideas and wanted to see what you guys would come up with. And by gum, you 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 came ready. Yeah. What, what about you knocked uh, that one out of the park? What about Meryl Streep in Postcards from the Edge? Whoa. Haven't seen it. Really? So don't know. Okay. Yeah. I saw just... it a long time ago, and I was like, well, yeah, okay, sure. I mean, I <laughs> I guess it made me want to read the book more than anything, but I, yeah, yeah don't, totally don't remember that. Yeah, or, no, I mean, I'm... hell, Shirley MacLaine was really great in that, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I was just kidding, because, yeah, if you're going up against Shirley MacLaine, I don't care if you're Meryl Streep or not, you're not going to out-act Shirley MacLaine. That's just yeah. that's just a fact, sir. That is just a fact. That's science right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, so uh, as, as I think Eric was trying to say we 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 had a topic. We came prepared. We did it. We did, did it. Nice clean. Yeah. Did we though? Did we? Uh, Are you kidding? Yeah. That was that was like a shit that you don't even have to wipe afterwards. It's just out. <laughs> it just worked. <laughs> Clean. I, yeah, I feel very. Thank you for that metaphor, yeah, I, Eric. You're welcome. So much. <laughs> yeah, I feel so relaxed now. Thank you. I'm gonna go have a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, folks, uh, that's the show. Um, check us out every week, but subscribe to the podcast so you get all the shows. Share it with your social media friends so that they uh, also get all the shows. And if you want to contact us with show ideas or whatever, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're at MagHuge. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. You can email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. And for all the old shows and links to all that stuff so you don't have to remember it, go to our website, MagHuge.com. M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Or don't. We'll be back next week. Yeah, or don't. <laughs> <laughs>